This is Dental All-Stars, where we bring you the best in dentistry on marketing, management, and training. Welcome to Dental All-Stars. I'm Eric Vickery, Lead Mastery Coach at All-Star Dental Academy and President of Vickery Coaching. I am super pumped to interview our guest today, dental CPA Art Wiederman. Art's been a CPA serving the dental profession since 1984. He started his career working with dentists through the Pride Institute of Management, running their financial services division. That's pretty impressive, Art. I like that. Uh, let's see. Which ultimately became his CPA firm. Art merged his firm and is now part of the Ide Bailey, uh, which serves over 700 dentists in the Western United States. So you're a busy guy, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes too busy, but I am yeah. a busy guy. Yeah. So let's see. Art is a frequent lecturer at local, state, and national meetings on the subject of financial issues for dentists. He has a weekly podcast with thousands of listeners that he publishes each week called The Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman CPA. Art helps his clients in tax, accounting, transition, and long-term planning to help them meet their personal and business financial goals. Art and his wife of 36 years, Lynn, live in Orange County, California. All right, beautiful, sunny Orange County. Uh, Art has a passion for golf and loves to go fly fishing when he gets the chance. So welcome, Art. I, I've been, gosh, I've been so interested and passionate about helping dentists with, you know, Triple P and the employee tax credit, retention tax credit. And I know those are uh, complicated topics. And I'm just, gosh, I'm so glad you agreed to, to come on and just share your knowledge with us. So let's jump right in. How's that sound? Great, Eric. And thank you for uh, the honor and privilege of being on your podcast and, and uh, helping you with what you do. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, the Dental All-Stars podcast is full of dentists and, and I think team members who are trying to figure and navigate this environment that we're in now. We're, we're in a new, it's the new normal, right? And, and yeah. I've been calling it Triple P, but Paycheck Protection Program and the ERTC, the Employee Retention Tax Credit, those are really complicated topics. And so I, I want to jump right in and just Let's 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 help those that are listening out with just navigating some of this and figure out how to make it work for them. How's that sound? Sure, sounds great. All right, All right. so I want to start with just a, a random question I got from a client where his translation of it wasn't quite clear, but after talking with you, it makes sense to me now. He he said to me, "Yeah, I'm actually going to get more money on my Triple P 2.0 than I did on my first loan because my my bank told me I now qualify for $100,000 of my own pay divided by 12 and get the the 8,300 a month whatever it is." And I was like, "Why are they just going to magically give you uh, that much money?" So his explanation or translation of it wasn't quite clear. So why don't you uh, give our listeners what he's referring to and why he does qualify for more money this time around? Sure. So in, in the there have been two rounds of the Paycheck Protection Program. First round came from the CARES Act, which was passed March 27th of last year. Um, and now we have round two that became part of the law, uh, December 27th. And uh, the way you calculate the amount of money is it basically depends on the type of entity that you have. Now, you're uh, your client, uh, I guess, is a sole proprietor or an independent contractor. So they file a Schedule C. So they don't get a paycheck. They don't get a W-2. Um, so they get they, they file a Schedule C and they have no problems. So what 
what the government was finding is that a lot of sole proprietors, independent contractors, didn't have a large bottom line because there was a pandemic last year or maybe they were starting. And a lot of the small business owners who were independent contractors or Schedule C uh, business owners, they weren't getting as much money as they uh, as they could have. So they changed the rules a couple of weeks ago to where you can now use your gross receipts to do the calculations. And your everybody who, who applies for either a PPP1 or a PPP2 loan is limited to using $100,000 of net income. So Eric, if, if, if you were a dentist and you had a, a dental practice and you were an escort, you would be limited to $100,000 of your W-2. And then you get to take two and a half times your average monthly payroll. So that would be a maximum of $20,833. Well, it's the same thing now the Schedule C. They're going to be limited to a maximum of $100,000 divided by 12, which is 83.33 times two and a half months. And that's 20,833, and that's the maximum they, they can get. So now more Schedule C filers are gonna be able to get more money. The problem is if you've already filed using net profit, at, at the moment, they're not letting you go back and change it with a lot of folks are upset about, but yeah. I mean, the, these rules are, I mean, if you go onto treasury.gov, there, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of multiple page sets of on these, uh, yeah. what they've done in the past. So to summarize for, for the listeners, the, we went from net pay to now being able to use gross pay, which almost everybody's going to be over the $100,000 mark in gross pay. So you're going to hit your ceiling, would you say? And yes, and you can use either 2019 or 2020. Got well, it. most people are going to have higher income in 2019 because we had a pandemic in 2020, yeah, 2020. and dental sure. offices for the most part shut down for two to three months. That's right, exactly. So that brings us into the next question. I can hear people thinking, well, uh, my bank says I got to apply the same way I applied the first time. Otherwise, it's going to be all this paperwork and it's complicated and all these sorts of things, what you were alluding to. Any suggestions on how to navigate that if you're trying to increase what you're going to get back? So you mean for the, for the PP2? Yeah. PPP2. Yeah. Okay. So we recommend that you use the same bank because when you applied, when most dentists applied, Eric, for the PPP1 loan, um, they were able to use their 2019 tax return. You can use your 2019 tax returns for applying for the PPP too. So it's theoretically should be a lot easier. I will tell you that there's been a lot of talk in the media about the difficulties that banks have had in rolling out PPP two, asking for more information than they need. Um, if you're having real trouble with your lender and they're not being cooperative, go to another bank. It's a smaller bank. Big of a deal. A smaller bank is fine. Yeah. The government yeah. has um, made it easier for the smaller community banks uh, to get money because they were shut out in a lot of cases by the bigger banks in in round one. Um, but yeah, you want to you want to apply in in order to qualify for the PPP two loan. What you have to show is a minimum of a twenty five percent reduction in your gross receipts for any calendar quarter in 2020 
as compared to 2019. Now, most of your doctors that are going to be listening on this podcast are going to be looking at the second quarter of 2020 because most dental offices shut down middle of March and stayed shut down with the exception of, in many cases, emergency procedures until around May 15th to June 15th, yeah. depending on the state that you were in. Yeah. So, yeah. so yes, you have to have that less than 300 employees. If you have any group practices, uh, DSOs listening to your, to your podcast, that they have that. And they had to have to apply for a PPP round two. They had to have applied for PPP round one, and they had to have used up all the funds for the uh, intended uses. And as a general rule, if they do that, they, uh, they can apply and they're probably going to get a pretty similar amount of money for PPP2 as they got for PPP. So I, w- I want to just, I heard you say something. They had to have applied for triple P1. What if I had, like, I have a client who was like, I'm not sure I want to get in this. What if it's not forgivable? And they had that, all those doubts. And right. then by the time they said, all right, I'm going to go get it, the money was gone and they never went and got triple P1.0. Now they want to apply for Triple P 2.0. What can they do? They can apply. There are two applications. One is for first-time applicants, and you can apply like the first-time applicant. And the other one, um, the if you've applied for PPP one, you would apply for the second round. So there's two separate applications on the on the website, and you're going to go through your bank's portal. And most of the banks have a pretty good system that you upload your information. And a lot of times they have it. So it really depends on the bank or financial institution you're dealing with. Sure. Now, I have a client who does not qualify because they opened back up in April. They were just in, a, in an area where it just wasn't a problem. So they were closed March. I'm sorry. They, they were open in May. They were closed March and April. If I take those two months over a three-month span, they qualify but it's part of quarter one in March and, and part of quarter two in April. There's no way around that. It's either quarter one or quarter two, right? Unfortunately, Eric, it is. And, and I will tell you that we have a very close relationship uh, with the American Dental Association. Um, I work very closely with one of their congressional lobbyists, a young lady by the name of Megan Mortimer. Uh, she and I have been bound at the hip. She's been on my podcast. She's been on my webinars. She is telling me that these have been issues uh, they actually are going to Treasury asking if you could use any three-month period. Yeah, uh, That is not allowed right now. So right now it is calendar quarter. And again, it's probably going to be quarter two. Yeah, uh, And if yeah. they don't meet the 25%, that then they don't qualify for, yeah. the, for the second round. But it also means they were doing pretty good. And the Triple right. P1.0 probably was enough. Uh, so, to, so for those uh, paying attention, you would run your profit and loss report through QuickBooks, and you would just compare quarter one, 2019, to quarter two, 2020, and show that there was a, a loss in your collections, your revenues of at least 25% or more, correct? Right. And when you file the application, Eric, there, there's there's two, uh, two groups. If you're going to be applying for a loan that is less than $150,000, you do not have to show the amount of your reduction in collections. If your PPP loan is over $150,000, then I'm sorry, let me go back. Yeah. You don't have to show your collection drop on the application, but you will be required to show it when you file for the forgiveness part. If your loan is over $150,000, 
then you have to show it on the application that you're going to uh, submit through your bank Got at it. the time of submission. Got it. That makes sense. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. Sure. Uh, well, you're talking about forgiveness. So rules for filing for forgiveness on triple P loan round one, which we're hitting that 10 month, you know, it's going to be coming up this summer for most people. And to clarify, they have to apply for forgiveness within 10 months of the end of their what, the money they used or where does that 10 month window show up? Okay. So, so basically there's three steps that doctors should do on their calendars. Okay. Number one, figure out the day that your PPP round one money hits your bank account. The the funding okay. day. Yeah. So, so okay. let's say for, I just did an, I just did a webinar to over 300 dentists on this and I created an example. Yeah. So let's say Dr. Uh, Dr. Vickery got his PPP loan on May 7th of 2020. Okay. Um, I'm going off of memory, so if I miss the days by a <laughs> day or two, bear with me. Um, you have 20, you can use a, a covered period of anywhere between eight to 24 weeks, and we strongly urge all of our doctors to use 24, 24 weeks. weeks. Yeah. So Dr. Vickery's 24-week period starts on May 7th mm -hmm. and ends on October 22nd of 2020. That's, okay. the, that's 24 weeks to the day from May 7th. Then you have 10 months from that day, which is August 22nd, 2021, to file for forgiveness. Now, I would not recommend that you file on August 22nd. <laughs> yeah, don't be waiting till the end here. Don't all wait until the end. Yeah, all you crunch timers. Wait till the end. <laughs> and by that time, if you don't file for forgiveness, your, lo your loan turns into a loan. They will yeah, send yeah. you a bill and depending on when you got your loan, you will either have to pay it off over two years or five years at a 1% interest rate. Got it. So got it. Makes most sense. of our doctors were, you know, we're, we're, we're getting going with this. And it seems to me the banks are prompting you when it's time to do this and pay attention to what they're saying, right? Yeah. And, and again, if a bank tells you, you have to file for forgiveness, you don't have to file when they tell you to file. Mm -hmm. um, the, the banks don't get paid a fee. They get a fee from the SBA mm. for, for all this work. So a lot of them want to generate this revenue, get it going. They also want to spread out the work. They don't want to get thousands of forgiveness applications in yeah. at the same time, right at the end. They, they don't want to do that. So, you know, the... the if your bank tells you something that, that doesn't sound right, talk to your CPA, someone who understands how this works. Um, and, uh, you know, again, I, I, there's a lot of misinformation out there. I, I can tell yeah. you. Yeah. And we're, we're fast approaching the deadline for applying for Triple P 2.0, right? Right. So the deadline for applying for Triple P 2.0 is March 31st. Hmm. So here's what's going on with that. Number one, a lot of banks have shut down taking applications because by the time you put your stuff in, maybe you don't have all of it in, you have to get some more. They don't have enough time to get it packaged and sent up to the SBA by March 31st. Many banks have shut down. Mm. The good news is that there is a bill that was introduced in, in the House of Representatives last week uh, that will extend for 60 days the time period to apply for a PPP2 loan mm. to May 31st. And I spoke with Megan from the ADA, who's got her finger on the pulse of what Treasury is doing. 
And I would say, you know, never say, never guarantee anything. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe Tom Brady could guarantee a Super Bowl win, but <laughs> other than that, never guarantee anything. I would say it's more likely than not that this will become law quickly because uh, number one, you've got the problem of what we were talking about earlier, Eric, which is the Schedule C filers. A lot of banks either have not or actually refuse to change their software systems to conform to accepting gross receipts. Uh, So that's one problem. And they won't have the time to do that. So Schedule C filers who who heard the new gross income rules who want to apply, a lot of them can't. And second of all, there's there's last I heard about a week to 10 days ago, there's about $100 billion left, give or take. It it goes down every day. So there's money left and the Mm. government wants you to have it, but they want to help the small businesses. So yeah, I would yeah. say, not guaranteed, I would say if, if, if you've got folks listening to this podcast, um, I would jump on this that day, the next day, as soon as you can. But watch the newspapers because we think that they will go ahead and extend it. They're, they're going to extend it, they're talking about through May 31st, and then they would give the, the, the banks an additional 30 days after that to get all of the loans packaged up and in. Got it. You'd have to have your applications. And that's what the proposal is. Again, until it's law, we can't really say it's it's uh, it's law. Yeah, uh, that's great information. Thank you so much for clarifying that. Sure. So I my guess is a lot of my clients, uh, coaching clients, have already applied or in the process of applying and therefore missed out on the whole net to gross pay if they had you know quali- said they made less than 100000 on Triple P 1.0. And so if that's the case, they're missing out on, I don't know, $3,000 or something, or it's not going to be that much probably, right? No. And most dentists operate as either uh, S corporations, single member LLCs, partnerships, uh, multiple member LLCs. So it's a minority of dental practices that operate Schedule Cs. What it might hurt is the sole proprietor Mm -hmm. or the, the doctor that's working in three or four different offices and as an independent contractor. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Let's flip the script. Now the complicated topic, right? If that wasn't complicated, this topic is complicated. And I've had doctors asking me questions about this and I'm just racking my brain trying to figure this out. This employee retention tax credit, which basically is like, I kept my employees, I was paying them last year through the pandemic. And now the government wants to bless you and give you some of that money back because you didn't have them go on unemployment. So help us understand it from your perspective, how it relates, and do I qualify? All right. Take a deep breath, Eric. (laughs) My fingers are ready to take some notes. (laughs) Okay. So just a little background. The employee retention tax credit came into the law the same day as the PPP came into the law, March 27th. It was part of the CARES Act. The problem was is that you if you took out a PPP loan, you were not allowed to take advantage of the ERTC. So to save us some time, we'll, we'll call Paycheck Protection Program PPP yep. and Employee Retention Tax Credit ERTC. Yes. Okay. So nobody, I had one client who looked at ERTC and I didn't even learn the rules. And then Megan calls me around the 15th of December and says, Art, we got legislation that's going to be signed by the president, we believe, that's passed by Congress, that is going to allow 
small business owners retroactive back to March 12th of 2020 that if they applied for a PPP1 loan, they can now qualify for the ERT. So double dipping. Well, there's double, there's triple, there's quadruple. <laughs> I mean, the government... It's pretty. It's give out money day. I'm telling you. Yeah. So 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 let's just talk about first of all. Now on December 27th, uh, the president signed a 900 billion dollar stimulus program. That was the one where they gave out 600 dollar stimulus checks. Yeah. Yeah. And what that did is that took away the. It did a couple of things. Number one, it took away the ruling uh, that you couldn't use the ERTC. Um, if you had a PPP loan. So now you can. Hmm. And it's retroactive back to um, uh, March of 2020. So I quickly went in and figured out how this works. So any doctor, um, should every doctor should be looking at this. The, first of all, how much is the credit? The credit is basically 50% of the qualifying wages that you pay your employees during any period that you are eligible for this credit. So the maximum amount you take into account is $10,000. So the maximum credit for 2020 is 50% of that or $5,000. So that's, so what, what the, what the, uh, the maximum amount you get, if you have a dental office that has 10 employees, the maximum credit that you can get for 2020 is, um, uh, you know, ten, is five thousand per employee, so it's fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. Now you are not allowed to deduct. It. Let's say you get a fifty thousand dollar ERTC credit. Let me let Go me ahead. clarify something. Ten thousand dollar annual max, not quarterly max. No annual. Okay, got we it. We will have a quarterly max when we get to the new rules for twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah I, I just 20, want to make sure there's a difference there. Yeah, no, there no, is a I, difference I, between the two years. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So for twenty twenty, it's five thousand dollars per employee. So the way this works is, so that's the maximum. You're also not allowed to deduct the wage expense that this credit is based on because that's double dipping. So that is why that anybody who might be eligible for this ERTC, and we're, we're now past the March 15th S Corporation and Partnership deadline, you should have extended your corporate or partnership, and then ultimately your personal tax return, because we're not going to know what this number is until we do these calculations. We are doing these calculations at iDaily for hundreds and hundreds of dentists. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Okay. So, so how do you qualify? Yeah. So I want to just back up a second. Yeah, you sure, you sure, lost sure. me at the beginning of that when you said you can't deduct the wage expense that is, and you said it's double dipping. What was that? What you said? So if I get a $50,000 credit for 2020, mm -hmm. that is based on wages that I paid employees. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to give you a tax credit on that wages for that employee A of 5,000 and let you take a tax deduction for it. Got it. It's not a write-off on your profit yeah, loss. So you have to add gotcha. a tax to your income. So if you're in, say, a 24% tax bracket for federal, uh, then you're going to get 76% of the $50,000 as a net. And you have to do it in 2020 that came out with rules. So you have to add that back. That's why everybody should be extending. Because they need to figure out if, it, if it's worth doing, right? Well, they need to figure out if it's worth doing and they need, need to figure out what the number is. Yeah. Because yeah. not every not every employee is going to be paid $10,000. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Let, let me ask you a question. It's $10,000 in what period of time? So, all right. So let, let's go into the, the, the requirements and, yeah. and this will become really clear. Okay. There are two ways that you can be eligible for this credit. The first way is going to be the most common way. You, you know, we were talking about, Eric, a 25% reduction in your gross mm -hmm. receipts for PPP2. Yeah. Now what we need to do is to show a, a gross, a, a reduction in gross receipts for any calendar quarter, again, calendar, of more than 50% in 2020. Now, that is probably only going to be quarter two. Now, we we are finding that surprising, not, well, maybe not surprisingly, Half or more of our doctors had that reduction because they either shut down completely or they were only doing emergencies. And if you think about it, they shut down March 16, 17, 18. So we go right to quarter two, April one, they were shut down all of April, many of them all of May. Yeah. And we're finding that it's 50, that we're finding a 50%. So if you have yeah. a 50% reduction in collections, not production, yep. collections, yep. And, and it, 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 I mean, I would be shocked if there's anybody who's got one in quarter one, quarter three, quarter four, but it could be. But for 99.9% be quarter two. I'm so seeing clients that were closed two out of three months, so they had a 66% loss. Exactly. Yeah. So, so basically, it's a 50% reduction. And the way it works is that if you qualify for quarter two, you automatically qualify for quarter three because- then you look at the next quarter, quarter yeah. three, and if you had a greater than 20% reduction for quarter three versus quarter three of 19, then you get to qualify for quarter four. Most doctors, as you know, Eric is a coach, uh, they had all the pent up demand, they opened yes. up in June, they, were, they came roaring back, even with the social distancing. So we're, we're seeing some, I, I had one doctor who was down by 19.82%, I said, we need to find $700 because it opens up quarter four. So for most of the doctors who are going to do this, Eric, it's going to be quarter two and quarter three. So if it, it, let's think about it. Let's say an average dental employee. And again, you know, we could be talking in a, in a, in a rural area versus a big city. Let's just say an average dental employee makes maybe $40,000 a year, $50,000 a year. Well, 40000 a year is $10,000 a quarter. So if I have $10,000 a quarter and I have two quarters to play with, hmm. that means that, that a lot of my employees, if I qualify for quarter two or quarter three, are going to be have paid at least $10,000. And these are W-2 employees. Now, you get to not only count the wages that were paid, but you also get to count any group health insurance premiums that were paid by the practice on behalf of those employees, calculating all of this. Mm -hmm. so, so if I have a 50% reduction, then what I do is I go in and I, I look at the second and third quarters. I make a list of all my employees and I say, how much did we pay them? Okay. And, and we have that amount. And this is for 2020. Mm -hmm. The second way that you can qualify for the credit. So if is, I don't have a 50% loss, can I still qualify? The only way you can qualify is, is the second way to qualify, which is if your dental practice was shut down due to a government order. Now, Congress, the, the Treasury came out. We were waiting for guidance on all of these rules. 
On March 1st, they issued notice, IRS notice 2021-20. If your listeners are having insomnia issues, feel free to start reading. 103 pages. I've read it three times, cover to cover. Okay? So, um, basically, they came up with 20 pages of rules of what does a government order mean. Now, when, when, when you have your, your dentists that are listening to this podcast are going to say, yeah, the government shut me down. The CDC <laughs> said I should shut down. ADA said I should shut down. Yeah. Well, that doesn't count. You have to have a government order that comes from a, the federal government, which to my knowledge, there is not one. This, any state, and there are states that did order dentists to shut down. Now, this doesn't have to be in total. The shutdown can be in whole or in part. So what most orders that I've seen from states and counties and cities have said is that uh, dentistry is considered an essential service or an essential business, but only for emergency procedures. Well, Eric, you've been a coach for a couple of days. What percentage, <laughs> what percentage of a dentist's revenues comes from emergency procedures? At the most, at the most, ten percent. Right, and and the rules say that if if the portion of the government order that is applying to your county, city, state, if the portion of your order is 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 a partial shutdown, as long as at least ten percent of your business was affected. So you have, um, you know, I, I I've seen some places in Northern California had some government orders. Um, I have not been able to find one for Los Angeles or Orange County. That doesn't mean that somebody isn't going to send me something, but I've read the, uh, you know, those orders. But there are many states that did order dental offices not only to shut down, but just for emergencies, but to shut down, period. So, so you're saying so, California didn't have a mandated shutdown? They had a no. They, they they had an emergency. They had a mandated shutdown, but there was nothing in Governor Gavin Newsom's order that I could find, nor could I find in the California. He he basically punted the the whole issue to the California Department of Public Health. I read their letters and their orders. I could not find anything. And and again, I live in the Dell profession here in California every single day of my life. I would have heard somebody or somebody would have sent something and i just just never got it but there are cities counties and states who have done that now remember eric we talked about that for the 50 percent rule they qualify for quarter two quarter three mm-hmm. for this government order it's not that big of a deal in many cases because number one you only qualify for the period of time that the order is in place and many of these orders were in place for a month a half and also remember that a lot of doctors furloughed their employees. Because if you remember back then, Eric, the government was paying $600 a week in unemployment benefits. So we had lots of dental employees who were saying, I don't want you to pay me. I'm going to make more money on unemployment. In California, it was $1,050 a week. So if you stayed home, you were making the equivalent of over $50,000 a year. Yeah. So a lot of doctors didn't pay during the time they were shut down. So the credit amount wouldn't be that much. So, but the government order, yeah. 
So those are the two ways, 50% reduction and a government order. Let me ask you a question. So in the first scenario with the 50% loss in quarter two, I qualify for quarter two expenses and quarter three, which I yes. want to come back to. But yes. in the government, if I don't have 50% loss, maybe I have 23% loss. Okay, I have a client like this. And they don't qualify for Triple P 2.0, so they're trying to figure out, can I qualify for the ERTC? And well, we had a government mandate to shut down. Okay. Um, are you saying that the qualifying payroll would only be in effect during the time of which the shutdown was mandated? And once they release that, then it doesn't qualify anymore? Yeah, that's spot on. That's absolutely correct. Yes. Wow. So I might as well not qualify because I wasn't paying anybody then. That's what we're thinking with some people. However, however, here's, here's the doctor who might qualify. When they brought PPP1 out in March... I, I probably did 30, 35 webinars to dentists all across the country on this. And what the government what the government wanted you to do is the government wanted you to pay your employees for eight weeks. Remember, it was eight weeks when they yeah. started? Yeah. Regardless of whether your business was open or not. And if you didn't pay them for eight weeks, you didn't get the loan forgiven. Yeah. So- I was harping on that and I was saying right, wrong, or otherwise. And, and my just dentist was saying, Art, why would I pay? I, I need this money. This is my lifeline, but why would I pay them? They're going to be mad at me because they're making more money on unemployment and it doesn't do my business any good. I said, I don't make the rules. Don't shoot the messenger. Okay. Yeah. Right. So if you have that doctor who from the beginning listened to what I was saying and the other people uh, that were talking, um, you know, they may qualify, but it's not going to be as big of a number as for two quarters at 50%. Sure, sure. And so here's here's the next part is it sounds like double dipping. If I was paying employees with triple P money, let's say I qualify for the 50% quarter two, quarter three, and I start paying my employees in that quarter two with triple P money, it looks like payroll. Do, does that money that I paid them with triple P dollars qualify me to, to get this ERTC? Okay. So has it been complicated so far, Eric? Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. And I'm okay, like wait, listening wait, to wait, stuff wait, every wait. day. Now, now we're getting to the complicated. <laughs> and this is where we at iBailey have created these intricate spreadsheets yeah. of how to figure this all out. I mean, we've got spreadsheets that are created by people <laughs> that are much smarter than I am uh, and that does this. So you cannot use the same wages for PPP forgiveness in 2020 as you use to claim the ERTC. So let's think about this. Remember the example, Eric, that I gave you? Dentist gets his ERTC money, his PPP money. May 7th. On May 7th. Yeah. So his period covered, so we have the covered period of May 7th till October 22nd. Comparing that to the two months of April 1 through September 30th, right? So they're kind of interlocked, but they're not exactly the same. So the way we do this is the, the, the 103 pages of guidance that came out on March 1st said, basically to make it simple, you can't, you, you know, once you make an election to use money for PPP, you cannot use it for ERTC. So if you are gonna claim the ERTC, this might be the most important thing I say on this podcast. Do not file for forgiveness yet. The regulations say that because you might put 
all of your wages on there and don't put anything else and you are going to reduce the amount that is eligible. So the game is you only need 60% of the amount of the loan that you took PPP to qualify for forgiveness. So let's say I had a $100,000 loan, Eric. Yep. I need $60,000 to put on my forgiveness application. And I need 40,000 in the other expenses, which is rent, utilities. They have added PPE, dental supplies, computers. They added a whole new set of categories. Forgeable P 1.0. Yeah, uh, 1.0 and 2.0. Okay, good to know. So so my example would be $60,000. So what I wanna do is I want to bifurcate the wages during these two periods. So that I carve out $60,000, I carve out 60,000 of wages to put on my application, make sure I have 40,000 in the other categories. So I get my whole 100,000 of forgiveness. And then I take the rest of the wages paid uh, and I try and, and get them as much of the wages to be out of quarter two as I can. Gotcha. Uh, because in my example, remember, Eric, my, my, my period ended up, my period for PPP ended October 22nd. Yeah. So I've got 22 days after the end of the third quarter. I'm going to use those wages specifically, specifically for PPP. Triple, triple P wages. Because they don't qualify for ERTC. Yeah. Go, on the, go on the front end. So April 1 until September 30th is my ERTC. Well, most doctors didn't get their PPP loans until, let's say, May 15th. So I have the whole month of April and the first half of May. I'm going to use those wages specifically for ERTC because my covered period doesn't start until May 15th. This is the game we want to play. So we want to make sure that we get 60, 60% of the wages on the application, get enough to have 100% uh, forgiveness. And to, and to do the best we can to use the rest of the wages as much as we can in quarter two and quarter Got three it. to get to that $10,000 number. Mm-hmm. Okay. Per employee. Per employee. Per employee. Yeah. yeah. So I can get both. It is complicated. Uh, it's, yeah. So so that's, that's the game. And then let me ask you this. How do I tell Triple P forgiveness people that my, my payroll I spent that money on was the the last part of my funding it was october you know it was i'm trying to figure out 24 weeks that seems like a long time but can i can i say i use triple p funding from august to october i mean Absolutely. how do you do, and how do you, you can, do that you is that on the any way you want okay. and the payroll services the major payroll services i'll mention them by name adp paychecks uh ovation heartland and there are others uh, they knew. They know this is coming. I mean, ADP, uh, and I'm not promoting any payroll services. Yeah. ADP yeah. processes one out of every paid four paychecks in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. So they know this is coming. Yeah. They've got reports. We actually are getting these reports and are able to export them onto an Excel spreadsheet, which then goes into our master spreadsheet, and it's by pay period. So we're going to have a spreadsheet that shows by pay period how much each employee made. And then we were gonna, we're gonna bifurcate PPP, ERTC. So we may end up in a situation, maybe a doctor's rent was very low. Maybe they didn't have a lot yeah. of other expenses. We may have to borrow 
some money. We might have to borrow some money from the, you know, to, to get the forgiveness because we don't want to lose the forgiveness. We don't want to pay this loan back. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it's a, it's a math. You know, I always yeah. say, Eric, my life is a math problem. <laughs> this is a big math problem and it is a huge opportunity. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if yeah. you have a doctor who has 30 employees, maybe they've got a three, $4 million practice. I'm going to guess because of the great coaching work that, that you guys do in your, uh, in your, in your coaching business, I'm assuming your, your practices are thriving and successful and, you know, you have many multi-million. I mean, if you have a $5 million practice with 30 employees, that's a $150,000 credit. And they probably got a PPP loan of $200,000, dollars mm. I mean, that that's huge. Yeah. Now, every time you say, every time you say bifurcate, I know all the dentists are thinking about furcation. So what does bifurcate mean, really? <laughs> uh, split, let's just say split. Splitting In it other up. words, we're going to split up. We're going to carve out the wages that we want to use for PPP during the covered period. And we're going to carve out the wages that we want to use for ERTC. And the way you get this, by the way, the way you actually apply for this for 2020 is you, you file an amended payroll tax form, Form 941. It's a Form 941X. The payroll services will charge you to do that. Uh, not very much from what I'm hearing. And you'll file an amended second or third quarter payroll return. So file an amended payroll tax return for 2020, uh, yep. three and four quarter. Uh, two and three. Usually oh, two and three. second yep. and third, possibly yep. fourth. Yeah, I got yeah. it. I, that makes sense. Yeah, okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Now, the way this works mechanically, Eric, is that the first, let's say I get a $50,000 ERTC. I go back and figure in the second and third quarter how much federal employer payroll tax I'm paying, how much social security tax. Because remember, when you pay your employees' wages, you're paying 6.2% of their wages as the employer in social security and 1.45% as the employer for Medicare. Your employees are having that same amount of their salary. So you're going to get back that 7.65% combined amount, which is not going to be a huge number. So maybe it's $10,000 for those quarters. The rest of it, they just send you a check. Wow, you're actually getting cash back in your pocket. Uh Uh-huh. It's a return. Uh Nice, nice. And Uh and we're not taxed on it, right? That'll be the next question. No, but, but again, we have to reduce... The deduction that we're taking. So there is there is kind of a tax on it then because I lose that reduction. Right, but it's you're you're getting most of our doctors are going to get about three when you when you net the whole thing out it's about three quarters. Okay, so it's now, still profitable now, to that. I, I do okay. want to say one thing. Yeah. There are companies out there that are charging a very large fixed percentage of the tax savings. I would strongly urge people to go to their CPAs to do this work and don't let the payroll services do this. We've had Uh stories of payroll. Payroll services do what payroll services do, and they do it very, very well. We've heard stories of them just saying, oh, well, just give it to us. Uh, One of my my colleagues, I I didn't mention, I'm a founding member of the Academy of Dental CPAs. Uh, We have firms all over the country. Uh, that are my my brethren, if you yeah, will. One yeah. of them was telling me the other day that he got a story from a client said, "Oh, my payroll service said I can get seventy thousand dollars in an ERTC." 
and and my CPA friend said, send me send me the uh, send me the information. The real ERTC was three hundred fifty thousand dollars because they just didn't know what they were doing. Wow. So go to a CPA who works with this, who deals with dentists. That's what we do. We're gearing up. We're going to be doing hundreds of these. Wow. Uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna blow the federal deficit right right out of the sky. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Wow. It's, it's so be very careful. There are people that are taking advantage, and there are actually companies that are making cold calls to dental offices soliciting. Well, did you hear about this? We can get you back tens of thousands of dollars, and you pay us a third or thirty percent or whatever. And and the CPA firms are charging significantly less than. Wow. All right. So here's here's my frustration now, Art. <laughs> we haven't Among even talked. Yeah, we haven't even talked about ERTC for 2021. No. And that's a whole nother set of rules. So I guess that'll be a whole nother podcast. I guess huh? we I have time. We have time for that. I mean, I can I can make it really quick. Okay, go for it. All right, for 2021, instead of a 50 percent reduction, you only need a 20 percent reduction. 20% reduction in 2021 yeah, in a quarter compared. Yeah, no. first quarter 2021, first quarter 2019. You can also use the immediately preceding quarter, fourth quarter 2020 versus fourth quarter of 2019. And oh. the credit, instead of being 5,000 a year, it's 10, 10, it's 70% of the qualifying wages per quarter. So my same doctor that had 10 employees that got 50 grand for 2020, if they qualified for the first quarter of 2021, they would get 70,000 70, yeah. for that quarter. But then you have to play the same game with the PPP2 loan that they got in 2021. It never ends. So, I gotcha. and, and, yeah, and, and Congress, just with the new bill that, that President Biden signed last week, the $1.9 trillion stimulus, they expanded it to the third quarter and the fourth quarter. Most doctors are not probably going to qualify because dentistry is doing pretty pretty well uh, in the first and second quarter, but some some practices may. Yeah. Wow. My head is spinning right now. Uh huh. Where can we find more information that's easy to digest? Maybe not a hundred and three page document. Uh, you can go to our website uh, com. My podcast, I don't know when this is going to come out. My podcast is uh, uh, going to be out on March 17th, and I am talking about this. It's the longest podcast I've ever recorded because there's so much information. Yeah. Um, uh, and and um, so we have that. And again, if, if you if, if you if they want to get a hold of me, uh, I can give out my information too if you like. Um, but we are, we are gearing up for this. Uh, and I've answered questions from dentists all over the country. But yeah. uh in our insight section, we've got articles about this. Uh, and also on our YouTube channel uh, is um, is a webinar that I did uh, last week on all of this with a 50-slide PowerPoint. So they might want to go to the iBailey YouTube channel and um, just look at, uh, you know, look, look, look for that. Awesome. Would you say that someone who's considering ERTC for 2021 has time to worry about that? Like, we don't need to be so pressured on that one. Let's figure out 2020 first. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. absolutely. They haven't even, the, the, the notice 2021-20 specifically was only designed to uh, talk about 2020. 
uh, Congress said that they will, uh, Treasury said they will issue another ruling, uh, another notice on how to deal with 2021. But yeah, later remember, on. Here's the other thing you've got three years from the due date of your payroll return to amend. You have plenty of time. What you don't have time to do is file for the forgiveness. Perfect. So the All right, you've made it really clear. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, forgiveness we got to apply for by that end of that 10 months. Right. And we have to figure out the 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 splitting of the wages. So we got to get that done. We can do that and file a little later for the amended returns, but the but we want to get the forgiveness filed before the 10 month period is up. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing like cramming for a test, right? That feels like it's we're a, at, it, so. it, 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 I will I will please respectfully ask your listeners to be kind to your CPAs. We're dealing with all of this. Uh, we didn't even talk about the HHS provider relief fund reporting. We're not going to talk about that today. It's all hitting at the same time. It's a, it's a yeah. whole new service line that we CPAs had to learn and we're not staffed or geared up for it. And, and, yeah. and it's, we're, we're doing a good job. Well, I, I can tell you that the coaches on this side are, are fielding a lot of these questions and and saying very similar things about, you know, be patient with your CPA and those sorts of things, but also help them to understand is what does this really mean? If you're going to go through all this, what's the dollar amount? And so I think you've helped us be able to sit down, do some math and say, all right, my payroll is X. My triple P money was Y. I spent it here. What, what does that give me? What did I actually spend of my money in quarter two and quarter three? And I get half of that. So if that's two thousand dollars for you you may say well it's not worth it for me to go for that exactly and i've if talked two or three yeah. clients out of it yeah. yeah it might be too much work and, and too much attention on you and all that kind of stuff so sit down do your math uh, do your forcations <laughs> bifurcate your money split sp- so yeah split it out the way you want like we talked about work with your coach on this obviously uh us coaches can help you out and, and at least do some math and say hey it'd be worth talking to your cpa about it and hopefully that will diminish as many calls as you get because we'll hopefully filter out those who it just doesn't make sense to do. So, right. All right. And obviously All Star can actually help you guys. Uh, if you're interested in any more questions that you guys have, e- send an email to Heather. It's heather at allstardentalacademy.com. We're happy to help you with anything when it comes to practice management. We're there for you and we'll get you taken care of. So Art, thank you so much for, for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Sarah, and, thank uh, you full of information. And so for those listening, thank you for joining us and taking the time to invest in yourself and in your practice. It's going to pay off. Uh, please share this podcast uh, with your friends. If you thought this was good information, and I know you did, share this. Get you know, Subscribe to the channel, of course. Get them to subscribe. That way we're just sharing great information and helping everyone in our industry out. That's really what we want to do. And so until next time, go out there and be an all-star. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Dental All-Stars. Visit us online at allstardentalacademy.com.